Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, children. Hello, legendary legends. Welcome back to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Yay! 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 I'm Alec Mappa. I'm the person that gets to say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Lottie Love. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Alec, how are you? You know what? I am loving doing this, and I just want to thank everyone for their warm words of encouragement with me doing this podcast because Aww. they know that I love Drag Race, and I'm so happy to be able to work with you. You do love Drag Race. When I do. That, when did that yeah. start for you? What Do you remember the very first drag show you ever saw? Oh, it was years ago. Yeah? Was it you in know, Detroit? My mom actually introduced me to drag because we had a neighbor <gasps> who was a drag performer. This is in Detroit in the projects in the 70s, Alec. Oh my gosh. And you know, and that's I think that's when I really became an ally because I just looked up to Roger. His name was Roger. Yeah. And but when Roger would put on that makeup, it looked totally different. Uh-huh. And his drag name was Ginger Rogers. <laughs> It was so cool, and I always thought it was so cool. I loved seeing Roger perform. Just a wonderful queen, and I've been in love with that ever since. So I have to shout out my mom because she's the one that really got me, and she just told me that people are people, and we have to let people be themselves, and I just love her for that. And shout out to Ginger Rogers. Oh, my gosh. Well, it isn't your last name. Your last name isn't hate and judge people. Okay, it's love. Okay? It is love. And you know well, what I love to do, Alec? What? I love what? talking about these episodes. Episode <laughs> four. <laughs> episode four. You know, it's going by so fast. And I think yeah. part of it has to do with there's a level of difficulty that they're all excelling at right now. Yes. Do you know, like in regular seasons of Drag Race, there's always like at the beginning people who are struggling to get through yes. the challenges or I didn't feel that strong about my performance or people who are overwhelmed at the idea of being on television for the very first time after performing in bars and clubs for years and years and years. All of these girls don't have that. They have experience of being on the show and mm-hmm. so they're flying through this. Well, also by now, this is episode four, we would be down three queens and <gasps> we're not. See, we're that's not. the difference too. And you know what? I really like it. I am really enjoying the fact that every week I get to see new challenges mm-hmm. and I get to see the different queens, their strengths, their weaknesses. And episode four was no different at all. Yeah. Episode four. It's getting so exciting. Oh, I have an announcement to make. If you live in the New York City area, uh-huh. our producers just told me that we're on a billboard in Times Square. Now, yes. that would be a first for me. You're you're already bored with this because you've been on a billion billboards. Oh, but for... you never, ever get tired of seeing your face oh, in Times gosh. Square. I never thought growing up as a little girl in the Detroit projects that my face would be on the same place that <laughs> Diana Ross was on and all my legends and Aretha Franklin and Whitney. 
me, Houston, baby, I have arrived. So thank you so much, Squirrel Friends. You guys are making it happen. But Alec, we have to remind the people what this podcast is about. We are a recap podcast. We're going to be recapping everything that happened in episode 104. So that means spoiler alerts. If you haven't watched the episode yet, you might want to put this on pause. Go back and watch it and then come back to us because we're going to be talking about maxi challenges. We're going to be talking about the acting challenge that happened in this episode, which was a version of a courtroom show called Fairy Tale Justice. Oh, it was adorable. adorable. We're also going to talk about the runway. Mm-hmm. We're also going to talk about the judges. We're going to talk about our favorite queens. So like we said, it's a spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, go on and watch the show. Then come on back to me and Alex because we know where it's at. That's right. <laughs> we know what it's at. We've been there. We've been on set. We know the temperature of the studio. That's how deep it goes. It's freezing when you do that show. Oh, definitely. It's very, very cold. But why do you think it's so cold? On all the talk shows that I've ever been on, they keep it really, really cold. Like, I was on Tonight Show with Leno. I was on Ellen. Because it's better for comedy. And also, there's a ton of lights. There's a ton of lights everywhere. Like, on The Real, you guys must have kept that studio ice cold as well. Oh, yeah, because I can't have my makeup melt off. And that's the reason why I believe that it's freezing when we're doing Drag Race. Because there's a lot of makeup. There's a lot of hair involved. Where we film at, it's really hot. It's in the valley. So, you want to keep it really cool. Plus, you have a lot of equipment. You know, the cameras, Uh things like that. And it's like, when you're taping Drag Race, people have to Remember, they only do it one time. Very rarely do they go back, right? You know, over. Right. They, you, so you got to get it right. So we keep everything cool because once they hit the stage, the stage is hot, Alec. That's it's right. Hot. It's hot. And if you're gonna lip sync in all of that drag, you want a cool studio. Now we're coming off of episode 103, and if you remember what happened in that one, Jada Essence Hall won. She won yes. the design challenge for the week. It was kind of a design challenge week. So she was at the top. Trinity came in second, but she was blocked right that week from getting a legendary legend star. It's a lot. And you know why it's a lot? Because it's Drag Race. And we don't do anything small, okay? <laughs> so just go ride with us. We're going to get this started because I want to get into this episode four. It was a fun episode, and I just want to get into it with you, Alex. All right, let's do it. Now, uh, coming into the workroom after the blocking, Jada Essence Hall kind of had a moment where she was talking about vindication and validation, and she didn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for those of you, listen, I went to public school, but I I looked it up in a dictionary. Vindication means you're proven right. You are proven victorious. And validation is where somebody checks in and approves of what you're doing. Yes. Two different things. But you know what? I didn't care. I loved her anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I was really, really happy for her. I love the workroom when they come in after a past episode because it kind of gives you a cool down period. It lets you know the true feelings of how the queens are actually feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. It gives you a little reset of what happens. If there's a little drama that happens in the workroom at that point and you Mm -hmm. can kind of get a taste of maybe something that's going to happen through the episode. So go back and watch the workroom episodes. You always get a little clue of something that may happen for that episode. I love it. Interesting. Interesting. You know, nobody's being eliminated this season, but a little bit of Drag Race trivia. Do you know how the eliminated queen always says a goodbye message in the lipstick? 
Yes. The very first queen to do that, a little bit of trivia, was Shangela. Shangela came up with that. That's my yeah. girl. Shangela, I love her. She yeah. has been on many talk shows with me. She always comes on. You know, uh, Shangela actually got her start through Jennifer Lewis, the actress. Yes, and lives in Jennifer's basement. <laughs> I think yeah. until yeah, she's been. Shangela is very generous. She bought her mother a house. She bought her grandmama a house, and so she refers to her as Grandula. I've known Shangela since before Drag Race, when she used to come over to my house and have lunch and take care of my kid. You know, oh. she was a great babysitter to my son. So shout out to Shangela. Back to the workroom after the challenge. They were all talking about the blocking and everything. Right. What I loved about it, that Trinity was very happy because she finally had a legend star. Now, who was blocked from last week, Alec? Last week, Jinx Monsoon was blocked by Jada. Because we're looking at the strategy here. No Mm -hmm. one gets eliminated. But what's been happening is that whoever won was blocking who won the prior week. was their strategy you sound like a kid who's been caught in a lie what had happened was what happened was was, mom i got blocked on the way and then jada did it and even the queens was confused because they were like wait a minute and then they all looked and realized because jada said there's only one person who has a legendary star that hasn't been blocked, right? And she said it was Monet. And Monet got mad and was like, wait a minute, bitch, why you being a snitch? But then they had to turn around and tell Jada, you ain't been blocked either. So That's it right. was a mess. That's right. That's right. But uh, Monet was like trying to hide in plain sight. I love somebody who is like so obvious and so out there trying to act like this is a new discovery. Like, no, it didn't even occur to anybody anymore. At this point, there's a lot of stars out there. The only people who don't have stars at this point are Raja, Raja, Mm -hmm. who I, you know, has come so close, has been so strong. Her snatch game was really, really great. Really Um, strong, really great fashions. Then you have Evie. Evie has not had... Evie has not gotten a star. Mm -mm. And as of this point in the episode, the Vivian hasn't gotten a star yet. All right. So you've got five that have stars, but no one has two. So we don't have that many episodes left. (laughs) Nobody has two yet. So let's discuss that after this break. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. This time, Rue is putting forth the maxi challenge. 
Yeah, they went straight for it. A great maxi challenge. First of all, let me say, whenever RuPaul comes into the room, he looks fabulous. He had this beautiful metallic sports coat that he had on with white pants. Yeah. And they all run over there to Mama Ru and he gives them the maxi challenge, which is a really fun maxi challenge. The queens will improv in the Enchanted TV Court Show. Fairy tale justice with our judge, Michelle Visage. Michelle yeah. is going to be a witch in a courtroom. <laughs> She'll be the best judge ever. Let me tell you something about Michelle. I love Michelle because her and Rue have been together for years since mm-hmm. the start. Mm-hmm. But when I tell you the way she judges, and I had to work with her when we had to coach the comedy portion in season 13. Yeah. She is so good, Alec. Mm -hmm. She knows the right way to give them praise, but at the same time, she can tell them the criticism that they need to improve. And I learned so much when I'm on the judges panel with Michelle. And I didn't realize that she was this great pop star. And so I listened to some of her songs. I was like, oh, Michelle! She's she's on that song, It Takes Two to Make a Thing Go Right. She was was part of that group. I was jamming to Michelle and I didn't even know I would be one of her good friends. (laughs) Yeah. What I appreciate about Michelle is she was really a part of that subculture. Mm -hmm. Michelle and I have talked. I've interviewed her. She started out as a teenager in New Jersey who was going to clubs in New York City. And she hung out with the Vogers. She hung out with the drag queens. And they all kind of adopted her and gave her the name Michelle Visage. And she really knows what she's talking about. And also she has a great abiding affection for all things drag. And certainly all things RuPaul because they've been friends forever and ever. And initially she was not able to do RuPaul's Drag Race. The first couple seasons it was Merle Ginsburg. Remember it was Merle Ginsburg. She was an editor at a fashion magazine. I forget which one. Might have been Marie Claire. Mm. But Michelle was held into a a contract that she had with WPLJ, a radio station on the East Coast. And they finally let her go so she could do RuPaul's Drag Race. And we're so glad that they did. So she serves as the judge in this week's improv challenge, which is... They're doing like a procedural, like Judge Judy or a justice show, but they're all playing fairy tale characters who are seeking justice. You know what? Whoever comes up with these, the producers are so creative. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Creative. Yeah. So, what were the two stories, Alec? Uh, the two stories are uh, Goldilocks and mm-hmm. the Three Little Pigs. Or Team Jada was Blow the House Down Boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and Team Trinity. And the reason why they picked because both Trinity and Jada were the top two. So That's they right. became, they were the team captains. So Team Jada was Blow the House Down Boots. Team Trinity was She Done Already Done Her, 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 Her. <laughs> Team Jada was the Three Little Pigs team, and they had uh, the Three Little Pigs, which were Jada as mm-hmm. pig sister Twiggly, mm-hmm. Jinx as pig sister Spare Rib, Monet <laughs> as pig sister Hamela Anderson. I <laughs> cracked up when I heard that. Okay, Hamela. Oh and Evie Oddly as the big bad wolf. All right, uh-huh. so who was your favorite in this? Okay, when they came in the courtroom, first of all, the costumes, you know, they were pigs, so they all had little snouts, and then they were making it in a... I was like, what is happening? It was... 
was classic. Yeah. But let me tell you, Jinx came in as spare rib and just was like this valley girl and was totally into the character. Yeah. Very entertaining, very funny. Right. Presenting her case. I just loved her character. But Evie as the big bad wolf. Oh, my. When I say that Evie knows how to break a character down, add creativity in life. Because you got to understand, with this, they were improving. Like, mm-hmm. they were doing a outline, I believe, but then they were also improving. So right. there were things that Evie was doing, like scratching a leg, or, you know, if one of the other piglets said something, totally was there, totally was witty. So for me, I loved Evie as the big bad wolf. I did too. Evie was never at a loss for words, which you don't want to be while you're improving, but... What Jinx does and what all the girls did this weekend is they had a clear character. And when Mm -hmm. you have a clear character and you know their voice, you can improv. You can be in the moment. And there was a lot of that with Jinx. At one point, somebody dropped a book. The bailiff dropped the book. Uh, Bruno, Mm -hmm. one of the pit crew who was dressed as a bunny, dropped a book. She included that in her improv, in her post-interview. One of her ears fell out of her wig. (laughs) One of her big ears. And she said, so, Rue, you're going to have to speak up because I can only hear half as well. When Jada Essence Hall came out dressed as a girl pig and looked sexy, I had this moment of like, how's that happening? I'm, She's just like, beautiful. She was a beautiful pig lady. A beautiful pig lady. And <laughs> then did the noise. I was like, okay, really? Really, Jada? So we had that. That was Team Jada. Then here comes Team Trinity. She done mm-hmm. already had hers. Hers is, 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 is. Hers is, is, is. Uh-huh. Trinity was the witch Teresa. When I tell you, Trinity is just comedy to find. <laughs> she's just comedy gold. I mean, she comes out as the witch. She's dressed like the judge. That's right. the first thing. She's right. dressed like Michelle. She's dressed exactly like Michelle. <laughs> exactly like Michelle. Yeah. And she, when I say hamming it up, was just so funny. Uh-huh. She opened her mouth and she sounded like Cher. She had yes. chose to do like a Cher voice, like I was, oh, I was in my house. And... and <laughs> worked. I think what I like about Trinity is she never takes herself seriously. She always kind of remembers, like, no matter how glamorous I get or how much my butt's hanging out, it's funny. She's so good. That's She's so why you enjoy Trinity. Because, like you said, she doesn't take herself seriously. It's like, come on, we got a job to do. Let's make it funny. Let's make it fun. Keep the mm-hmm. energy. So that's definitely what she does. Then we had Shay as Mama Bear. She mm-hmm. came in with these big, huge paw hands. She had her <laughs> face and then when Michelle asked her her name she said Halle Berry I'm like (laughs) (laughs) that was hilarious that was you know then we had the Vivian as Goldilocks right oh okay Alec the Vivian is just so talented She's talented, and I feel like in the first couple of episodes, she was trying to find her footing among the American girls. Mm. She's playing an away game. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, the girls are home. A lot of them live in L.A., so they're not completely displaced. So Mm -hmm. the Vivian, I found that this episode, she really found her footing. And this is what I tell people when you're in a competition, and you know that you're different from everybody. Mm -hmm. Play on the strengths of your difference. Oh, Well, that's That's good advice. 
Yeah. yeah. You definitely, whenever, I don't care what it is. I don't care if you playing marbles. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like whatever your difference is, you play that as your strength. And that's what she did. Oh. And so that's why you saw her do so well in this acting challenge. And the last person we had was Raja as Grandma Hood. Oh, <laughs> my First of all, she's the most beautiful grandma I've ever seen. I know. She came out as like this bohemian. She was stooped and everything, but she had that gray hair up top, these really hip sunglasses. She was like fashionable grandma. She was and like really, really good. And they still had Evie as the wolf because... For the second part. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so Evie was in everybody's challenge, but... Yeah. Out of the two, which team did you like the best? Well, I think there were pretty strong parts about both teams. You said something on the show during a comedy challenge during a show where you were judging. You said that Monique had said to you when you were doing Soul Plane that do what brought you here. Do the thing that brought you here. And I think that the people who do that, like you said, really stand out. And so that was idiotly. She's weird and she's funny and she's funky and she always brings that to every challenge. And the Vivian kind of really brought that to this challenge this time with a variety of different voices that she was able to turn on. At one point she was doing a German accent. Mm-hmm. At another point she was doing, she did all <laughs> kinds of different accents, which made it hilarious. She was international and she kept eating the porridge. She kept yeah. eating the porridge. <laughs> and then one minute she was Goldilocks, then she put a red scarf on and then she was little red, right? I'm like, what is she and And then she became Hansel and Gretel at one point so it became a one woman show after that so it's kind of like that was her home run where she's going okay this is why I'm here these are the strengths that I'm bringing to this competition so this is the thing Alec after each team like when Jada was done Mm -hmm. whoever the two winners were they went outside of the courtroom who's standing there but RuPaul in a RuPaul tracksuit. It was pink with yellow stripes. And he had these ears. First I thought I said, is he trying to be Spock? <laughs> is, is she a Vulcan? Ears. Yeah. He's like he's like, I guess he's a fairy. Yeah. And he has on sandals with no socks. <laughs> His toes are I know. It's kind of like RuPaul goes, okay, I will be a goblin or a house elf of some kind, but I'm just going to wear the ears and I'm going to wear the tracksuit I came to work in today. Well, he had his little rosy cheeks like the little like the little fairies do. You know, so he had little rosy cheeks. So he's our Doug Llewellyn. If you guys watched People's Court, there was always oh. this guy named Doug Llewellyn who would interview. I don't even know why Doug was there, but you know, it was like, so how do you feel about the case? Like, I hate it. <laughs> so RuPaul was Doug Llewellyn. Another little bit of trivia. When uh, Lonnie and I did a talk show together called Gossip Queens. Oh my goodness. Uh, we shot on the same stage as Judge Judy. Did you know we that? We sure did. We saw it at the same studio. So on Thursdays, Judge Judy would occupy the studio next door and shoot like eight to ten programs in one day. And we shot it? six, remember? And we were complaining about how tired we were. And Judge Judy's doing eight to ten. So I was like, okay, I better be quiet. (laughs) All right. We're going to talk about the workroom. There's so much to talk about. And we'll get to it right after this break. Hold up. 
John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lonnie, we're back. It's the workroom runway day. Just before we go to that, Alec, I just want to go back a little bit and okay. talk about the beauty of this improv challenge and All how right. hard improv is. Because yeah. you and I are both comedians. Yeah. And I want people to understand it's very, very hard to mm-hmm. improv. Um, we actually take classes in improv yeah. to try to improve. I'm not very strong at improving. What I will start really? doing is I will start cussing out people. Oh. <laughs> I was about to ask, like, if you see me doing crowd work at a club, I'm in trouble. That means nothing I'm doing is working, so I have to go out into the audience. And I hate crowd work more than anything. Like, I'm not one of those comics that's really good at it. Are you? Or you just I'm start cussing at, at it, people? Especially if my jokes are not landing. I will, like, one time I was in Michigan. This is a long time ago. Yeah. And it was a very, 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 very vanilla audience. Oh, no. And, you know, I'm getting up there. And this is when I first started comedy. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I had my 45 minutes. I'm about to kill them. Right. Man, them people were looking at me. <laughs> let me they weren't you, having let me it. Tell you, let, me, let me tell you, like, you know, yeah, you know, I used to be an engineer. I worked at office. Crickets. <laughs> like, wait a minute. It's nothing hitting. And so typically when comedians are bombing, what we usually do is look at you. <laughs> the first thing we say is, man, shit is crazy. <laughs> When I would bomb or when I wouldn't get a laugh on something, I would always say, you know, fuck you guys. I thought that was a lot funnier when I wrote it. Nicole Byer and I were doing a gig together one time and she told me she had just come back from the middle of the country again and Mm -hmm. it was not going well. And halfway through the act, she just kind of went, I give up. You're all garbage people. I love the code. Shout out to her. And I just wanted to tell everyone because I know that the queens make it look easy. Yeah. But it really is an art that you mm-hmm. have to master. And I think people have to remember that these queens, they work night in, night out, different places, different clubs, different events. Where people are drinking and smoking and loud and they have to like be able to carry their act over all of that distraction. Exactly. So to see this challenge and be given it and to excel the way both teams did was just great. I'm just really proud of them. Yeah, and I think it's also a trap when they make it look so easy because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people watch it and they say, I'll just wing it. Right. I'll just wing it. It's like, no. No, you, you have should have always have something yeah. prepared. Yeah. Don't be like me, just coming on a podcast. It's like, I'm just going to... <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing prepared. <laughs> got nothing. That should be on our billboard in Times Square. Lottie Love and Alex, we got nothing. <laughs> That's not true. We are loaded with enthusiasm for all things RuPaul's Drag Race. So we go into the workroom on runway day. Yes. Team Trinity feels they did great and worked well together. 
Mm-hmm. And they thought that the Vivian did the best out of all of them. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that too. And again, this is an example of the All-Stars camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I saw Trinity at DragCon a couple weekends ago, and I told her, she hadn't seen the show yet. I told her that I'd seen some advanced things for the podcast and everything, and I saw footage. And she said, how did it come across? I said, the camaraderie is amazing. She goes, that's what I hoped. She's mm-hmm. like, I was hoping, because we all did really like each other a lot. You know what? This reminds me of when I did Celebrity Drag Race. You're always afraid when you're doing a competition show. And I think you can attest to this too, mm-hmm. Alec. Because you don't want to come off as the villain or mean. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to come off as that. So sometimes what I try to do, if I'm on a competition show, yes. I will purposely try to make sure that I do as many positive things as I can. <laughs> <laughs> but can I tell you, when we did Celebrity Drag Race, it was myself, Vanessa Williams. Williams and Tammy Roman, those women were so lovely and so yeah. nice. Yeah. And the way it came out, I was so happy because Good. it just shows that it doesn't have to be, yeah, you can have a little shade, you can have a little drama, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be ugly and mean-spirited. And right. that's what I love about Drag Race, especially All-Star 7. This episode, this season, yeah. it's just so great to see the camaraderie. Raja and Monet, they were talking to each other in their own language, talking <laughs> about camaraderie. They have this, they go, je vais, I'm like, what are they talking about? And then, you know, Monet totally looked at her and was, j'avoue, ba fouche, eh? j'avoue. I'm like, what? What are they? You know, but it was so cute. It was so It was cute. so cute. And I just imagined them, like, doing gigs together together at night you know, at some club where you go on at one o'clock in the morning, it's like those girls are entertaining each other backstage, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, you still make your living going into the clubs, right? Going yes. night after night. And it's a weird kind of thing with all the comics backstage because you all collectively are going through the same thing. You're not going on all together, mm-hmm. but it's a weird thing to be at the club with all these people late at night and you have the same objective. Well, it could be friendly competition, Mm -hmm. but it's also respect because everybody is going through the same thing. I don't want to see somebody as a comic get up on stage and bomb. That's painful. It's very painful and it's embarrassing. And then I'm going to have to talk about you if I got to go after you. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you had to do that? Like come on stage and go, woof, boy. This stunk up that stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's that smell? I smell failure and embarrassment <laughs> I, is what I smell on this stage. It's covered in it. I smell tears and grief. <laughs> <laughs> I smell regret. <laughs> you know, I used to have to do that. I learned how to recover the stage because I used to be an MC. I started out emceeing at the oh. Ice House here in Pasadena. For three years, Alec, I did it for free. I was an engineer by day. And I remember I would, on the you telling me do that. that. Definitely. Yeah. So when you MC, there are different phases. But when you MC, you learn how to try to recover the stage uh-huh. you know, for people that have basically. So what's what's your big rule for being on stage and improving? And the groundlings, what they teach you is you say yes and to everything. So if mm-hmm. somebody comes up to you and says the house is on fire, yes, and my dog's in there. You never want to go negative. We don't like that, and that's why improv is so great. It's always a positive. Just remember yeah. that. Yeah. Also, during the workroom runway day, Jada 
was painting her face and it was like black and white. And Monet basically was like, uh, you gonna get canceled for black white face. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But I was like intrigued. Me too. I was like, what's gonna happen? Her face is all black. All black. With just a little bit of white white in the front. I was like, is she gonna gonna be a a cat? Is yeah, she be a cat. cat? Is or, she's, you know. What's she going to do? Monet asked the girls if they practiced their makeup looks before they come to the show. Some said yes, and some said, you know, it's kind of like preparing for this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did not prepare any looks for this podcast. <laughs> it's like, I put on eyelashes for you today, Alec. I, I want know. you to know that. So everybody seemed to have a different opinion on whether or not they practiced their looks. And I think that... That's very intimidating to me. Kind of like, I didn't think about that for Drag Race. You do have to come up with a variety of different makeup looks. Yeah, because if you mess up your eyebrows, it's over. It's over. (laughs) You got to like decide with the eyebrows and the eyelashes. Because believe me, I do my own makeup for two years. I had to do my makeup because of COVID. And if I messed up the eyebrows, whoo. Did you have a show that you came on and it was like, these are wrong? Yeah, these definitely. eyebrows are all wrong. Many a times, I still do. <laughs> at times. That brings us to the main stage, the big main stage runway challenge. Well, you know what I love about the main stage is seeing RuPaul come out. And yeah. you know what? I, I get excited, Alec, when I see those lights go down and then that music and then they cut to different things. And then you yep. see his silhouette. Uh-huh. You see. It's pretty great. Oh, oh, this look was one of my favorites. White updo hair. White I updo it. hair. Just it is snow white. Yeah, it's snow white up to hair. It's almost like 90s pageant hair, but mm. like everything RuPaul does, it's elevated. And then she's in this kind of nude illusion top bodice. It's mm. almost like a bodysuit with gloves. Oh. And you could see kind of, it's see-through. It's really hard to describe. It's almost like an ice skater's outfit, mm-hmm. the top half, would you say? Yes, the top half was that, and the bottom half was a long skirt. It was a gown, velvet, and yeah. it was royal blue. You know, I'm from Detroit. I love some royal blue, baby. That's really mean, pretty. Woo, uh, just an incredible look. Incredible. We have to give a shout out to you to Raven, who does Rue's makeup and has won an Emmy for it. And again, the makeup is just is so perfect. Raven is an expert at contour. You were talking in a previous episodes about nose contour. Mm-hmm. Nobody does it like Raven. Mm. If you see Raven in person, her nose is actually looks smaller than it does out of drag. And it's kind of like every time I see her, I'm like, how did you do that? She goes, it's makeup. Mm, wow. Yeah, I'm yeah. learning. I told you about that. I'm learning about contour. So it was great. <sighs> um, but I, I loved RuPaul's outfit. The special guest was Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. The Canadian Mm -hmm. actor. You know what? Mm -hmm. I just love him. I mean, I loved his personality. You can always tell. I tried this when I walk out. Because when you're a guest judge, you know this. They make you walk out on the runway for your first shot. And even in three seconds, you could tell if the person's got some energy, got some personality. (laughs) And Jeffrey had it. Jeff cut that pose and cut that head. I was like, oh, Jeffrey, this is going to be a good one. So it was good to see Jeffrey. Do you know him? He's been on a lot. I think Rue really likes Jeffrey a whole bunch. And of course, we have Michelle Visage. And also, Ross Matthews was a judge. That's right. Okay, so for judges, we have Rue. We have Jeffrey Bauer Chapman. We have Michelle Visage. 
Ann Ross. And this week's theme is Spikes on the Runway. I thought they were talking about Spike Lee. I like, we're going to do Spike Lee things. That's what I thought. I, I'm from She's Gotta Have It. That's my theme. <laughs> like Spike's on the runway. Okay. So, yeah, I was kind of interested in like where they were going to go with this. Yeah, but actually what it was was doing creative things with Spike's. Mm-hmm. So doing outfits with spikes. So who yeah. was first? The very first came out, would come out was Jada Essence Hall. And she took oh. this spike theme all over her body. She has this kind of like, almost like a pleather outfit with big mm-hmm. shoulder pads. There was a designer in the 80s named Claude Montana. And he would always do mm-hmm. year after year these huge leather outfits with big shoulder pads. I think Grace Jones kind of like that. Yes. That's what she did. So she did kind of a Grace Jones, but she took her afro and she shaped her afro into spikes, like an afro spike. That was so... And then she took baby oh. hairs in the front and yes. and made them do like a curly cue. And then we could finally see what that white thing in the middle of her face was. It was a yes. highlight, but it's blended into mm-hmm. the rest of her face. So it doesn't look as dark as it did in the workroom. Oh, it was a perfect look for her. Her earrings were upside down so you could Beautiful. see them. That outfit was to die for. And it really played into the theme of, of spikes. spikes. So I really Yeah, she had that. a metallic spike uh-huh. coming out of one shoulder. They almost looked like blades. It was very, very cool. Uh, Next up, we have Jinx Monsoon. I liked Jinx's outfit. It was true to who she actually was. It was a long velvet mm-hmm. gown, and on the back were spikes, and it, she looked like a yes. porcupine. It was, it was, it was porcupine <laughs> quills. We call this one a uh, good quill hunting. It was um, <laughs> she took the spike thing and she kind of like made it like a cape. Like all the spikes were coming out. I feel mm-hmm. like this is a silhouette we've seen on Jinx before, but I like the fascinator, the little hat on top. Mm-hmm. And I do like that it's a huge porcupine cape. That's unexpected. I didn't expect that. I thought it was a great I way to go. I love her makeup, though. Her makeup is always flawless, very ladylike. Yeah. I was getting Cruella vibes oh, from her yeah, as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, very I much love so. It. Up next was Monet okay. Exchange. And... Oh, this was true to the theme. It was a spike, two suits sewn together, together, spikes all over. She had a mohawk with spikes. She had a mask covering with spikes. It was very, very spiky. I loved it. I love this suit. (laughs) It's kind of reminiscent of a lot of stuff that Alexander McQueen did for Lady Gaga. There was a season where everything mm-hmm. had spikes in it. Even my son had a baseball cap with spikes like this. I like that the two suits are sewn together. One side is completely black. Mm-hmm. The other is pinstripes. But the spikes are identical on both sides. The only thing, and this is a minor quibble, it's all stars and everything. I thought the boots were kind of clunky. I don't know if it went with the rest oh, of the Oh, you suit. didn't like the black no. boots? Yeah, because it had yellow shoestrings, yeah. things like that. But that was the hood part, oh, Allie. Okay. Because she said this was like West Hollywood meets the okay, hood. Okay, that's the hood so, part. If that's that the hood the... part, then I understand it. But <laughs> thank you for explaining the urban point of view, Lottie Love. <laughs> that's what I'm okay. here for, darling. Maybe Ali came out as a monster. She's in this, like, bodysuit 
that's all green with a pattern on it. And she had these high, high heels, heels so high, they kind of perpetually put her forward. But she turned herself into kind of like this tarantula lizard that was just incredible. True to her form, but able to use the spike theme and those heels. This outfit accentuated her long, beautiful legs. I thought it was one of the best outfits. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And she's doing that thing you're talking about, Lonnie, about kind of accentuating the Mm -hmm. parts of you that are unique. And I'm certain, you know, when you start out doing comedy and everything, there's going to be a million comics on stage, but there's only going to be one Lonnie Love. And this is what we expect. That's from right. Evie. And what I liked is even her walk on the mm-hmm. runway was defined as I'm going to show you that I'm this yeah. alien, this sexy right. leopard, alien lizard. And she had, <laughs> yeah. it's and so there were spikes Evie. everywhere. She had spikes on her arms. She had spikes on her back. I was just, I was mm-hmm. so creative and amazing. Next up, we have Trinity the Tuck, who came out. Oh. She was a vampire with a stake through her heart. Mm-hmm. That was classic. She had this big cape that was sweeping. She had the candelabra. She had spiked Mm -hmm. hair. So I have to say that that was spiked there too. So it just really fit. And this is what you expect from Trinity. She's very creative. She always has the creative costumes. But she can still be beautiful at the same time. It's like amazing. Yeah, She's she's an expert at bringing story to the runway. She was kind of like this Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like the Gary Oldman Dracula Mm -hmm. that came out with his Eiko Ishioka robes. I mean, she had this gigantic rouged thing that framed her the top half of her body and that long cape yes and the stake going through her heart you know and ross said during his deliberation the judge's deliberation that he couldn't come up with things like this and i think that's what trinity's talent is she brings something to the runway that oh i've never seen that before i mean the creativities that these queens have you can see why they're all legends because they they are all bringing it. And up next was the, the Vivian. Vivian. So many of the spiky looks this week remind me of uh, Vivian Westwood. Because Vivian Westwood and Alexander McQueen were the two designers that were known for putting spikes on everything. Mm. And she came out in a Tiffany blue corset and mm-hmm. Tiffany blue gauntlets on her arms with gold spikes coming out everywhere. She looked like a cyber cat woman. I want to know where she gets these shoes. She has the most incredible platform shoes because she'll come out like this. This platform heel was so big, like the platform on it was so big that she could like put her entire front foot on the front part of the platform. Mm -hmm. And the heel was a short gold heel that didn't even touch the floor. Mm -hmm. And she had a whip. That's all I saw was that whip. I was uh, like, yeah. whoa. A whip's a big attention getter. <laughs> Shea Coulee came out with a whip when she was Catwoman a couple weeks ago. I think we should start carrying whips with us on stage. Just kind of like Definitely. to let the audience know who's boss. She had spikes everywhere. The color fit her. Now, RuPaul described the look as one of the best looks ever that she's seen on the wow. runway. That's a pretty yeah. high compliment. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty great. It was pretty great. And it was just so... What Vivian does and what the girls have done this season is like, I haven't seen this on anybody else. You're going to be seeing a lot yeah. of spikes this season <laughs> in fashion. So up next was Raja. Raja did the kind of like this a Southeast Asian goddess number. She had this oh, headdress on so top beautiful. and these silver spikes gently oh. coming out of her shoulders. It was like a softer version of the spikes, but she looked like a goddess nonetheless. I mean, it was a nude short dress with wrapping mm-hmm. like a cape that was lavender. Right. And it was 
crystals Beautiful. on her head that had spikes and spikes on her shoulders, like you said. And the makeup matched it with the purple lips, the purple accents. And the way she walks, that outfit, the way she was able to sway, yeah. she looked like one of those video characters yeah. where she's a she, superhero. Yeah. When I saw her walk out, I'm like, oh, she's just so beautiful and yet so strong. And oh, this is episode number four. And she's been consistently strong throughout. Consistent. So she, Consistent. Uh, she's come close to being in the top two. I'm just looking forward to the time when she finally gets her star. And I hope Definitely. that happens sooner than later. Next up, we have Shea Coulee, who kind of played an alien. All right. Here's the thing. You know me. I'm a huge Shea Coulee fan. I didn't get this. Mm-hmm. So Shay was wearing a hobble skirt, which is why she described it as hobbling down the runway. It was so cute. And she had, it was purple. It was very tight. She could barely walk mm-hmm. in it. It had cutouts at the top of the hip, also at the right. uh, thigh. And she had wings in the back. And her spike was more like her hair was spiked. Her hair was spiked and then she had spikes on her train that I think were supposed to be standing up, but a couple of them fell over. So I didn't quite get spike from this. I got like, okay, you're a character from Fern Gully or you're a fairy, but I didn't quite get spike. Yeah, I think sometimes when we are trying to imagine, we are over-imagine. <laughs> it's like, and- And you have to be careful with fabrics, too. You know, depending on what the fabric is, sometimes it doesn't turn out the way we think it should turn Mm. out. It's just that sometimes when we're designing what we're designing and once you put it on, it's something totally different. It's like when I go to a store and I see something on a model and I'm like, woo, yeah, I'm getting that. (laughs) And then my ass put it on, I'm like, That happens to me all (laughs) the time. Okay, having said that, Shay is like beyond excellent in just about everything that she does. So even though I'm not crazy about this outfit, it's still amazing. I mean, it doesn't make it any less amazing. Oh, it was still amazing. But you have to remember, we're looking at themes. And the themes were Spike and being able to use that theme. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't look, you know, it's not the paper bag. it's not the paper bag. (laughs) It's It's not the paper bag. bag But because it's all stars (laughs) and because they're all winners, details count. People will, like, be separated by a hair in this race. It's going to be so close. Well, when we come back... I want to hear who your top two were. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So the top two this week, based on the challenges, well, my top two, Lonnie, were thought Mm -hmm. for sure Evie Oddly was going to be part of the top two. Me too! Me too! So I was like... Oh, I was... Yeah, me too. Me too. I thought it was going to be Edie Oddly and The Vivian, but the top two turned out to be The Vivian and Jinx Monsoon. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've been waiting to talk to you about this because Evie did both of the challenges, the acting challenges, and 
killed. She was, yeah, she was in a little bit of the second one. That wasn't her natural team. But that character, and I'm looking at her from even the last Mm -hmm. episode, she was Uh great. And then when I saw the runway look, I'm like, she's different. She's on theme. I'm like, she's going to get it. She's going to be on the top two. And I'm like, this is the first time of the four episodes that I disagree with the judges. And I'm I know. upset. And Evie was so good at that character that Michelle wanted to get involved with the big bad wolf. Yes. So I was just kind of like, hmm, things that make you go, hmm. But, you know, again, that's going to keep you tuning into next week to see if, like, Evie will have a chance to kind of rise above in episode five. I do want to say that there's a lot that the viewers don't get mm-hmm. to see when we're at the judges' okay. table. Because I can pretty much tell you, if I was at the judge's table with, you know, Mama Rue, with Ross Mm -hmm. and Michelle, I probably would have been fighting for Evie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would have got overruled. But I can tell you. Because there were times in season 13 that I actually, you know, because I'm I'm that girl. I'm honest. I'm going to tell you my opinion. If you say I'm a judge, I'm going to be a judge. And I'm going to lease. Because my thing is I try to sway towards my yeah, way. Yeah. And a couple of times in season 13, I think I got it. I was able to sway. Ooh. But I would have. Yeah, I was able to. I'm just going to let y'all in <laughs> on that. No, but this, when you're watching, you're like, hmm, Evie should have been top two. I haven't been right, wrong. Right. I don't like right. this. <laughs> I wonder how many other people feel that way because I certainly felt that way. And not to take anything against Mm-mm. Jinx because Jinx was was fabulous. exceptional. She's she's was been exceptional, great. exceptional. Yeah. But it's just something about Evie that she's been doing so well, so well and she's been so consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, with the yeah. boogeyman, then turn around and did this with the yeah. wolf. I just thought, okay, this is her time. Yeah, and it wasn't, unfortunately. But the Vivian and Jinx Monsoon were the final top two. Jinx, of course, is blocked. She can't get a legendary legend star this week. Okay. So the Vivian and Jinx Monsoon lip-synced Whitney Houston's Love Will Save the Day. Oh, I love that song. Me too. Oh, I love it. Me and this too. was the remix. This is the Jelly Bean David Morales remix. And oh, I love so that good. remix because it's bouncy. You can have fun with it. So I was interested to see how they would do it. And the winner was the Vivian. Yeah, she came to play. I'm not taking anything away from Jinx Monsoon, but she like broke out a xylophone at one point. <laughs> I know. For the xylophone <laughs> a solo in Love the Save the Day. And I think that's what put her over the top. She won a cash tip of $10,000. And the power to block a fellow contestant from winning a legendary legend star next week. So, of course, they bring up the the queens that were not picked. And this is a time when everybody starts getting scared. You know, the <laughs> Vivian's walking by each of them. And, you know, they're saying, don't block me. Please right. don't. They're making right. promises. All yeah. this other kind of stuff. And, and she... But they're laughing about it, which oh, is yeah. what I love. Yeah. Bob the Drag Queen was on a, a YouTube show the other day. And he's saying that because nobody's being eliminated, it's giving them the freedom to kind of really be themselves. Yeah. And with that tension taken away, everybody's actually performing a lot better. They're performing better, but there's still strategy. That you have to have. And that is something that you think about. Because once you get that plunger in your hand, you're like, okay. And she ended up giving the plunger to the person who has not been blocked but has a star. Monet Monet Exchange. Monet Exchange. Do you think that was the right thing to do? Yeah. 
I think it was the right thing to do because Jada had just gotten her star. Let her enjoy that moment for a second. <laughs> and Monet's been sitting pretty for a couple of episodes. So it was just a matter of time. I thought it was the right thing to do. Hmm. It kind of evens out the playing field now because now that the Vivian has one, the only two people without stars are Raja and Evie. I think it'll be Evie that'll get one soon. I hope so too. And I hope Depending Raja gets on one the soon. challenge. Yeah. And Ra- I want all of them to get a star. I mean, yeah. I think because to me, the reason why I want all of them to at least get one star is that you at least have that moment to feel good about yourself, to celebrate, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say, I won this episode. Yeah. So what was your favorite moment from the show, this episode? This episode, my favorite moment was seeing Evie Oddly play the Big Bad Wolf. I really enjoyed her performance. I enjoyed the improv that she did. I enjoyed how the costume looked. I thought mm-hmm. she was fantastic. And then on the runway, she was really great. I also enjoyed seeing RuPaul as that fairy. Oh, <laughs> with them toes out. Oh. Oh, Ru. Wait till I see him next time. I'm like, really? Really, bro? <laughs> that was the best. Ears. Ears and blush. You brought ears and blush to this challenge. My favorite moment was, I did like Evie Oddly as a Big Bad Wolf a lot. I liked Jinx Monsoon's improv was relentless. Having her improv about losing an ear, hilarious. That was so funny. And the runway that the Vivian brought was just, that was so unusual and so great. I loved the Vivian and I loved Evie Oddly. And I look forward to next week to see if Evie Oddly gets a star. She was my favorite queen from this episode, Evie Definitely, Oddly. but I'm still pulling for Raja. Okay, look. Now, we got to check in on these bets because okay. I'm making sure that my fingers and toes are going to need a Manny Petty. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so last time you said your money was on Jada. Who's it on this time? Uh-huh. Um, let me see. You go first. <laughs> you go first, Alec. <laughs> well, I said originally Trinity. I'm sticking with Trinity because I just think that she's so talented and uh, because they all have different strengths, but Trinity's good at everything. She's good at everything. Yeah. That's my drag mama. Yeah. So my bet's still on her. Okay. You know, <laughs> no. I like to change. Uh, you okay. Know, all I right. Just, change it up. You know, Who is like it? The Vivian, I think. Okay. It... <laughs> <laughs> I gotta change. He went from Jada to the Vivian. Okay. Yeah, it, Right. And it's not because she won this week and that she did this great improv challenge and she had the porridge on her lips. That's not it. That's not, I just I think, think she's talented. I just think she that she's going to take it all away. She's so, supremely talented. So yes. you really want that Manny Petty, I can tell. Um, <laughs> listen, this show's all about love. I mean, RuPaul says it week after week. Everybody say love. So on socials. If you go on social to talk about Drag Race at all, show these girls some love. They go through so much in order to be on the show. You don't know the journey it takes. How many times they had to audition. How many gigs they did for no money. Yes. And when you're a creative person, when you're starting out, you don't know that it's going to lead to you making a living. It's an arduous journey. So show them love on socials. Definitely. And where can we find you at? And show you some love, Alec. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Instagram and Twitter. And if you see that Times Square thing, the billboard with me and Lonnie on it, please take a picture of it and DM it to me at Alec Mappa on Instagram or Twitter. Where can we find you, Lonnie? Send it to me, too, and I will repost you. And I'll follow Mm -hmm. you. If you take that picture, I will follow you. So you can catch me on Instagram at Comic 
Lonnie Love or on Twitter at Lonnie Love. You can also follow me on TikTok at Lonnie Love number seven. And if you like this episode, rate and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and tell a friend, tell a squirrel friend. Tell a squirrel friend. Listen to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can catch new episodes of All Stars Season 7 on Paramount+. And WOW Presents Plus in the UK. Now we'll be back next Monday for an all-new episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Download and subscribe, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.